Hello there, Katie here. Today we're premiering a brand new introduction for our mini episodes. As suggested by many of you and by Tiffany, we are currently, for now, retiring the old intro to the mini episodes, and we're premiering one that is not a blend of sounds from Rome, San Francisco, and New Orleans, all places that I've lived during the course of this show and no longer live. So therefore, this one is a mix of Rome and Seattle, where your hosts currently are. Tiffany in Rome, Katie in Seattle, let us know what you think. You can send us an email at bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. So as you know, if you are regularly listening to this show, the past couple of weeks, Katie and I have been talking all about journals. But the the subject we've really been considering is what to do with those journals when years and years have passed and your stack of old journals is getting bigger and bigger, and do you just toss them? We've had a lot of a lot of interesting conversations about this, so make sure you go back and listen to Monday's episode, diving into the past through letters and journals, and the previous Monday's episode, where we sort of kicked off this journal talk. Now, as promised on Monday's episode, I have decided to read a few excerpts of my own journals <laughs> as much... I, I'm literally blushing right now, okay? I know you can't see it, but I am blushing because I'm about to read few excerpts of my private journals live on air. On Monday's episode, Katie read me an excerpt from a letter that I wrote to her in September of 2004, which was the month that I moved to Italy. It really was a stark reminder of how miserable I was the first few weeks and months that I lived in Italy. And it's not that I want to dwell on the fact that I was so incredibly homesick, a fish out of water, didn't know what to do with myself, didn't know how to make any money, didn't know where to live, hated the people I was living with. But what I want, I do want to do is give people out there who are moving abroad, have just moved abroad, or want to move abroad but are scared, or want to move abroad and think that everything is going to be easy, a peek into my experience. And as Katie mentioned, when we started this podcast, I had been an expat for 10 years. I was very settled I was very comfortable here, but that was not always the case. And so some of these journal entries, like the letter Katie read on Monday, really do show the difficulty that I was in, but I got over it and I persevered and now I couldn't be happier living in Rome and I've been here for almost two decades. So without further ado, I thought it would be fun to read the very, very first journal entry, or at least a bit of it. The very first day I moved to Rome, the day that I got off the plane, 22nd of September, 2004. Here I am. Oh God, here I am. I am, for all intents and purposes, living in Rome. That is, I have no plans as yet to return to America. And I'm sure I can quite safely say that I have never been so miserable in all of my life. There, I've said 
written it. At least I'm not lying to myself. That would have been impossible anyway. Part of me wants to back up, to relate the whole story. Part of me wants to write about what I'm feeling in this moment. Whatever I choose, I'm positive that once again, this journal will become my lifeline. If for no other reason, then I have no one else to talk to or to turn to. Oh God, I am so lonely, so unbearably lonely. I have never, ever been so homesick in my life. I know now why they call it homesickness, because I feel honestly sick, nauseous, weak. I do get hungry, but I cannot eat much, and I feel sick to my stomach afterward. I want my mother, is one of my most frequent thoughts. This is me popping in here to say I was 27, I believe, when I was writing this. And here is an entry from the very next day. I'm going to try very, very hard not to cry as I write this. I am also writing very, very slowly. Oh God, what have I done? Why in the world did I ever choose to come here? More than anything in the world, I want to go home. Oh God, help me, please. I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to play some kind of mind game with myself. Otherwise, I'm going to die of grief or get on the next plane back to Boston. I have never, ever in my life been so depressed or so unhappy before. Never have I felt so alone, so hopeless. I feel there is no way I will ever survive here. God, now I'm crying. And I tried so hard not to. How could this have happened? How could I not have predicted I would feel this way? A few weeks before I left, I started to get a little scared for the first time. I ignored the feeling. But on the plane, it suddenly hit me. What the... <clears throat> okay, what the bleep am I doing? What was I thinking? Get me out of here. I thought the feelings would pass, though. Instead, they've been growing steadily stronger, and I feel like I'd rather be dead than face whatever kind of life is waiting for me. I swear, if I had known in April how I would feel today, I would have stayed with my ex, done anything to stay with him, kept my jobs, my apartment, my love, my life. <laughs> now I see that I've bet my entire life and lost it. For what? To say I once lived in Rome? What a fool I am. This is making me laugh because... <laughs> First of all, it's so dramatic. But secondly, I, until this moment, had no recollection of how... I knew I was sad. I knew I was having a hard time. I knew that the people I was living with were making my life difficult. But I didn't remember having these feelings of absolute misery like my life was over. I completely blocked it out. It's so funny to go back and read this. Now, the next journal entry isn't until the 10th of October. And... In the middle of that time is the letter that I wrote to Katie. And I'm guessing that I wasn't writing in my journal because I was writing to Katie at that time. So suffice it to say, I had a pretty bad time with the people I was living with. And this next journal entry dated the 10th of October was the day or at least shortly after I had moved out. I had finally found a place of my own in the city. Thank God I'm finally out of there. The day after I wrote the last entry, I was so excruciatingly miserable, literally the most horrible and painful few days of my entire life so far. I love that I add so far. I'm giving myself the possibility of having even worse days. So where do I begin to explain all that has happened in the last two or three weeks when all I really want to do is explain and think about what I'm feeling right now? Or do I? Simple narratives are always so much easier. I've been living in this so-so apartment in Trastevere for about a week and a half now. Oh, Lord. Is that all it's been? It seems... Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. I just skimmed through the following 
journal entries, and it's not really very interesting to share. So instead, I thought I would go back a few months to when I was in Rome on vacation, staying with the Italian relatives who I eventually moved in with. I was there for their daughter's wedding. And I have some comments about the family. It hadn't become as bad as it was when I lived there. And so it was easier for me to write about it. I think that in I, I just couldn't bear to write about it. That's why I think that it's it doesn't appear in any specifics about them. But um, I have two little anecdotes that I want to share that I wrote in May of 2004, which might give you a tiny inkling of why I had a hard time staying with these people. <laughs> That's another thing. Why is it so freaking cold in this house? It's nearly 80 degrees outside every day. There is no air conditioning inside, not even one fan, and the house never seems to reach 62 degrees. I don't get it. How is it always so cold in there? I'm constantly shivering. When I come inside, I have to change my clothes, put on long pants, a sweater, socks, and shoes just to have lunch. At night, I sleep in sweats and socks with literally seven blankets, and I'm still freezing. I don't even want to imagine what this place is like in the winter. That's also something that I had totally forgotten, how cold that house was. And this was May. <laughs> um, and in, in another spot, which I can't find right now, the mother of the family used to make me put on socks when I went outside because she thought it would be too cold. <laughs> this is something that I've never got with Italians. Like, outside, you know, you have to bundle up, you have to make sure you're warm, you have to make sure you're covered. But inside your house can be a ice box, and that should be okay. Never understood that. Absolutely never understood. Anyway, to continue, I really love this family, especially the father and the daughter. But they do some things I just don't get. It's beyond cultural differences. The most glaring oddity is their dog. Yes, they have a dog named Greg. I'm not sure what kind of dog he is, probably a mutt of some kind. Greg lives behind the house in what is basically a cage. It's a rectangle of gravel, about 8 by 12 or 10 by 20 feet. I'm not good at estimating the size of things. It's perhaps even smaller. It is certainly not big. It is surrounded by a wire fence about 6 or 7 feet high. Inside, there is also a doghouse, and the cage is partially shaded by a tree. The dog is adorable, but disgustingly filthy. I pet him a week or so ago and immediately had to go wash my hands. He is not a small dog, perhaps the size of a golden retriever. He has long, white, curly hair, kind of like a poodle, but he is not a poodle. His hair has grown so long and matted that the poor thing can probably barely see. When I pet him, I couldn't even see his eyes. All of this might not be so bad, but what is cruel is that they never pay any attention to him. Never, so it seems. They feed him, of course, give him water, but I haven't seen them walk him once since I've been here. I'm not saying that they haven't, I'm just saying I didn't see it happen. The father and I have gone on a few walks, but not once has he brought the poor dog. Don't they know that dogs need exercise? That more than anything else, dogs need love, affection, and attention? I think most Americans would consider what they are doing to be cruelty to animals. My sister would be furious if she knew. She, like most Americans who own dogs, treats her dogs as members of the family, no less. I understand that they have a vineyard and a vegetable garden to protect, and a house kept so maniacally clean that no dog would ever be allowed to enter. But then why have a dog at all? What's the point if you never spend any time with it? It's horrible to say, but I wouldn't be surprised if that dog is never let out of its cage. It's horrible. How can they not see what they are doing is so wrong? I've also found a few mentions in here that 
I was not allowed, and this is back in May, again, before I moved to Rome, I was not allowed to sit on the balcony. There was a balcony right outside my bedroom and it was beautiful, it was May, I was on vacation. It was gorgeous, sunny weather every day. And according to this journal, because I don't remember it, they did not want me sitting on the balcony. I could sit outside if it was on the ground level because they had like a big garden, but they didn't want me sitting on the balcony. And I have no idea why. And in this journal, I keep remarking on it. I'm like, I'm hiding up on the balcony. Oops, I accidentally sneezed. I hope they didn't hear me. I didn't want to sit outside because the son of the family was always hitting on me and I didn't like him at all. And I will end this with a little... um, a little snippet about the son of the family who, you know, was trying to, uh, I don't know, start something with me that was not reciprocal, let's say. Um, Oh, here we go. (laughs) Uh, All right. I've been trying to find a way to get into the city on my own because they lived in the suburbs. The mother of the family has been driving me nuts lately, nagging me worse than my own mother. At least with my own mother, I know how to say back off. They've all been nagging me, actually, but especially her. I know they all mean well, but I'm an adult, something they don't seem to believe. Probably because here you aren't an adult until you get married. That could be at 18 or it could be at 45. I could not live like that. I don't understand how anyone can. Firstly, I don't understand how a grown man can... And now, of course, I'm talking about the son of the family. How a grown man could bear to have his mother do everything for him. The cooking, the cleaning, the laundry, the ironing, the mending, the shopping, everything. That grown man was, if I remember right, in his early 30s. But even more, I don't understand how a mother does not get fed up with washing her grown son's underwear day after day, year after year. What kind of a life is that? I'm glad I'm moving to Italy, but I'm also glad that I didn't grow up here. And if I ever fall in love with an Italian man, I must be sure not to marry him. And most definitely not to have any children. All right, I'm going to end it there. I will say that looking ahead to the end of this journal, which ended in the first week of January 2005, I did make a lot of progress. And by early January, I was much happier. I was much more settled. And I was not regretting my move and not wanting to move back to the States. But it did take a certain amount of perseverance and a certain amount of just gritting my teeth and getting through that hard time. I think it's easy to forget after many, many years and having a lot of friends now and being married and having such a settled life, it's easy to forget how difficult it is to move abroad, especially when you don't have any friends there, you don't have any connections there, you don't even have a job or a place to live. It is huge. And so anybody who is contemplating a move abroad or anybody who has recently moved abroad and is having a hard time, do not beat yourself up about it because it is not easy and it does get better. Thanks so much for listening to my silly little journal entries. Join us again. Bye. Katie here swinging through one last time to tantalize you. If you want to know more about the behind the scenes of what happened with that family, that horrible family, that father, that mother, that son, that dog, join us over on Patreon, where Tiffany brings you a much more in-depth story of what that time was like. Hidden behind the paywall, where the wrong ears won't listen to it, 
you can join us there for as little as $5 a month. Hear two bonus episodes every month and get that behind-the-scenes picture of what that house was really like. Patreon.com slash The Bittersweet Life Podcast or find a link in the show notes or at thebittersweetlife.net. <laughs>